Hello there, and welcome to Nerdy Show. This is a new segment for Nerdy Show. It, it's a comics. It's, it's a comics. It's comics. It's a so Nerdy it's not Show that comic new show. New in concept, right? Nerdy Show has covered comics since we since were our inception into existence yes. by Me. Gaia, the sea turtle that floats on the stars, and what? chopped off <laughs> the the head of the Titan that gave birth to Zeus. Yeah. No, originally yeah, it was comics, and you came comics. on with all the science crap. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what we're, what we're going to do here is we're, we, we have a Nerdy Show book club. It's a regular reoccurring monthly segment. So now we want to make sure that we can get our basic, our topical discussions regular. So Nerdy Show Comic Show is a monthly comic segment, a nerdy show presented on nerdyshow.com and Bleeding Cool and maybe a comicshow.com and Geek yeah. Rest. And GeekRest.com. Because um, I'm Cap from Nerdy Show. I'm Hex from Nerdy Show. I'm Brian from Nerdy Show and I write Atomic Robo and other crap. Yeah. Sexy crap. Yeah. But here we got I'm Aaron from Comic Show. I'm Adam from GeekRest.com. So what you just listened to, faithful listeners, you may recognize from our PAX video, but that is a brand new Nerdy Show theme song. Yes, it's done by Thievo Bortz, a.k.a. Level 99, <laughs> from uh, Overclocked Whichever. Remix and Overclocked Whichever. After Dark. Yeah. He also does the score for our tabletop role-playing show, Dungeons & Doritos. As well as uh, Ryan Shark Hunter McQuinn. Yar. He doesn't know that's his moniker, but we have... We're going to make it him. stick, goddammit, with a name like Ryan McQuinn. You gotta hunt sharks. <laughs> On this inaugural Nerdy Show comic show, we have a very special treat. We are going to be interviewing Mark Wade about the digital future of comics. Mm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Important. <laughs> yeah. He has he has strong opinions on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, we uh, we interviewed him a year ago when Marvel relaunched CrossGen. We did get a little bit into the discussion of the digital uh, frontier of comics. Uh, so when he announced all his his big plays in the world of digital comics, it was uh, it was kind of like, oh, I see where that came from. That's cool. It was old news because we were so cool and hip and on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find that's where we are. If you want to check out our previous comics episodes, well, just dig on through our Nerdy Show archives. Before we carry on, I might as well go a little bit into uh, into everybody, uh, who we are and what we do a little bit more. Aaron, as uh, as you may know, is from A Comic Shop and online A Comic Show, where he talks about all the latest comics from the week. But he's also well, the founding member of Nerdy Show. Yeah, yeah, I, I named it, you know, like I, I, I'm basically the father I'm a, I'm a bad dad though I abandon it like most fathers do nowadays <laughs> it's but. okay though we, we reconciled we, we had we, we, we all did, cried it was nice yeah yeah we did some 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 fishing and we hit each other a bunch and uh, <laughs> it, you know it was really dramatic but in the end uh, we, we got together right again that'll be a movie of the week yeah you guys know that you on know, oxygen you know on the oxygen. only reason Brian's even on the show is because of those long talks he and I had out at uh, at Rollins staring up at the stars so I mean you know you should thank me Truth. <laughs> what was the first kiss like between you two? Magic. <laughs> Adam, you, you've uh, you've got some uh, comic video internet presence. Yeah, it's with kinda, this schmuck here. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, it's a little hodgepodge. Geekrest.com is a you know, it's a fan-driven comic book-related comic books and film. It's a little bit of mix everything, a little bit of thing for everyone. And Nerdy Show, Burned. weekly podcast, Nerdy Network. We got regular Nerdy Show. We got Nerdy Show Prime for our blockbuster episodes, like when we talk to you know guys like Dan Aykroyd. No big deal. No big deal. Um, <laughs> is what we do. Weekly shows like Mark with the C's, The Real Congregation, in music podcast. Christian music, right? About, <laughs> about nerding <laughs> out to music. We also got Flame on the All Gay, All Geek podcast. 
which is uh, monthly, but kind of turning into weekly, actually. So that's yeah. cool. They should invite me on there. They should. You they qualify. Should. Yeah, I've made out with dudes plenty of times. And another uh, podcast we just recently started was Hex Grid. It's a every other week uh, podcast where we just feature nerdy music. Uh, a sample of the uh, kind of music we'll be playing there is going to be played, uh, featured on this episode. So uh, look forward to uh, listening to some of that. You can check that all out at Nerdy Shoe Dick Garm. And your most recent episode actually features Word Burglar. Yeah, Word Burglar, who is a... Uh, he burgles a- words. He is yeah. uh, renowned for being a comic book rapper, and he actually... Uh, wrote a comic book, Snake Or. Right. Snake right. Or's Pizza. It's cool. It's like a, like a G.I. Joe spoof. Kinda yeah. Like how Incredible Change Bots is for Transformers. and uh, But yeah, that's one of the dudes I made out with. He's a really nice guy. He is a really nice guy. He, uh, he taught us some words. And one of my favorite words that I'm trying to use a lot, and I wrote it down for uh, for future reference, is saffonsified. And I'm going to share that word right now. Saffonsified means if you've had enough to eat. You're sufficient to saffonsify. You're saffonsified? You're saffonsified. Hmm. Is that Canadian? That is straight up Canadian. Wow. That's a new word for you. That's your word of the day. Beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hoser. (laughs) All right, so in this episode, we're also going to be discussing uh, the latest comics news stuff, things we want to talk about with comics, books we want to give props to, all that great shit. And you can expect that from us every single Nerdy Show comic show. Hell yeah. That's how we bring it. Damn We can't help but do that. I mean, that's like my whole life. Yeah, that's what, like, that's what we're here for. No, I mean, like, that's what I do all day is talk about comics. Aaron, I miss podcasting with you. Why? Because you talk about comics and you do it right. Oh, okay. I'm I want to talk about back. Before Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah, that I have opinions. I want to devote a whole episode of Before Watchmen. That's cool. Wait for it. I'm never going to work for DC again. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> is that official? Nice. You blacklisted? Probably. <laughs> we are now. <laughs> <laughs> On that awkward note, let's jump to a song. What we got uh, coming up is a brand new track from DJ Robo Rob, who uh, has an album coming out June 1st. This is called A Daughter's Revenge. This is his take on St- Chun Li's song from Street Fighter 2. It's bouncy, it's fun, it's everything that he uh, feels represents this badass, uh, kick ass woman. You know, if you, if you look really close, maybe you can see her panties. Maybe. Uh, 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 doesn't take that much closing of looking. <laughs> Are you dyslexic? I don't <laughs> shut up. Okay, let's Panties. do this. <laughs> <laughs>
right, guys, we're back, and with us on the line, we have none other than Mark Wade. Evening, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing, doing great, great, man. Delicious. It's a pleasure to have you back. Now. Thank you. I'm busy making napalm to uh, <laughs> to take to my local comic book store, but I can take a few minutes out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate now, that. Now we know why there used to be 3,000 shops, now there's only 1,800. <laughs> That's right. It's all Mark Wade. Mark Wade's war against That's brick right. and mortar I, stores. I, I, I come back at the end of every hard-fought day, and I scratch yeah. another one off my list. <laughs> <laughs> his it's origin like is like his parents were killed shops. by the bricks in the alley. Yeah. <laughs> For listeners coming into this this uh, sort of debate going on between uh, Mark Wade versus the universe or or the physical universe anyway. Mark recently announced that he's going toward digital distribution and has some really cool ideas on how to take comic books into the digital world and how creator-owned properties can actually exist and sustain themselves. And there was kind of uh, an outcry against this, even though that seems like a level-headed thing to say. There's a lot of um, retailers that are just kind of um, allergic to to digital in a way and and they think the publishers are trying to go around them to the customers and then when it comes to creators they're like oh i thought you know like somehow the creators owe them because i, I guess he sold mark wade's kingdom come for you know 20 years or whatever so now mark wade owes him something i don't know <laughs> like i i don't know what it is specifically but there, there's this whole thing where they think that somehow I don't know that we can't that the creators themselves can't even do something because you know before it was all just the publishers are evil the publishers are evil they're trying to to go around us and and get at the customers but you know I don't know it's just really weird to me so uh, oh and I, I own a store <laughs> okay <laughs> just say that. Uh, Aaron can speak as a retailer and oddly enough one of the uh, loudest points of conflict from all this in the media was another store from Orlando, a local mm. chain called Coliseum of Comics and the guy who runs that chain. Yeah, Phil Boyle. And, you know, he's a guy that's reasonably, you know, well-respected in the industry. You know, he has chain stories. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. I tried to stop. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were saying? Uh, you know, he was part of the Comics Pro for a while. You know, he was, you know, uh, I don't know. He was never nominated for the Spirit of Retailing or anything like that. Like <laughs> I was, but... Uh, who, who do we know who was? I, I don't know, but, <laughs> I, you know, like, well, obviously his opinions get, you know, amplified and they get out there and, you know, he, good times. Um, I tried to get F Phil Boyle on this show. I don't know if Cappy told you. And, uh, from yeah, I know. That would have been awesome. That would have been the greatest... <laughs> comics podcast of all time he said he said it would have been a very boring podcast because you guys don't differ in opinion much okay he said he thinks that you're an asshole and you're not going to admit to being an asshole so it won't be funny and i was like what are you talking yeah. yeah. <laughs> i said i think that'd be hilarious <laughs> you know like come on yeah. no but um <laughs> yeah when when i talked to him you know on the phone he really said that you know he's still selling all your stuff in his store he's just not promoting it anymore I was like, well, oh, there's a, ah, okay, a difference from his alleged boycott of my material. Okay, yeah, well, um, specifically, then, he says that your stuff is not welcome in his store the same way a 400 pound guy that walked to his store 20 miles in the summer isn't welcomed in the store. Like he can still be there, but no one's going to be nice to him or talk to him. <laughs> no, no, I'm not making uh, this up. This is ex his exact oh, at analogy. He, at least he has the, so, at least he has the courage of his convictions. Oh yeah, that's the important thing. So <laughs> what you're saying I is, the guy. what you're saying is he also hates fat guys. Everyone hates fat guys in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fat guys in the winter might be all right, but... They have a lot of body heat, so everyone's like, ooh, let's cuddle, fat guy. So, Mark, you recently launched Thrillbent.com, and it is a hub for your online comic projects. Yes, and, and it's so far so good. I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased with the amount of attention and the 
the page hits and the you know the, the discussion about it, which I'm, I'm I'm very happy about. You know, the the impetus was that it's without trying to make it sound like class warfare problem. Without <laughs> trying to make it sound like it's an occupied comics situation or something. It's there is more and more. This is my perspective, but there's more and more of a disparity between the amount of market share that the the big five or six publishers get, you know, the the, the ones who are the uh, essentially the, the diamond premier catalog guys, DC, Marvel, you know, Dark Horse, and so on, and and then the amount of dollars left over to for retailers to be able to spend on smaller publishers, uh, Dynamite, Boom, whoever else uh, out there. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong, by the way. It's not, a, it's not a value judgment. I'm not saying that they should anybody should be doing anything differently. I just think that especially with the push toward the new 52 in the last six months or so, uh, and obviously you know, Marvel is always going to be the, the, the giant in the room when it comes to, to market share, I think there's fewer dollars to be spent on, on indie stuff. And the problem that we run into, that's exa- it, it's, it, it's happening at the same time that print costs in general have been rising sort of stratospherically as print, you know, across all media is ailing. And so print costs are obviously going up. And we've reached a point now where if you're launching your own comic and you don't have the deep pockets of Warner Brothers or Disney to back you uh, and, to, and to fund you while you're looking for your audience, uh, you're going to lose your shirt. I mean, there's there's just no way to make that profitable for you in in the short or medium run with print costs as high as they are because you're giving up expense, you're giving up two thirds of your profit just to print the thing, and everything else has to cover your you know your overhead, your artists, your writers, you know, creative costs, all that stuff, and marketing, and yeah, and marketing and all, all of that. So, and and again, I'm not again. This is neither. I'm not railing against the system. I'm not saying that this is a evil or bad thing. It's just it's a statement of fact. And so, the the notion came up when I was working in Boom near the end of that the tail end of that uh, era, where I was thinking, okay, well, is there some way to to reverse the process where you're not working for print first and hoping to make your money back, and then using that printed material to go digital, but instead sort of reversing the paradigms so that you're going digital first, meaning your expenses are much lower and it means it's much faster for you to recoup your creative costs. And then once you've done that, can you go print after that if there's a market for it? It just it, That way, you're still servicing both digital and print, but you're, you're not having to mortgage your house just to pay a printer's bill on a print run of three or 4,000 copies that you've had to pay a buck a copy just to print the, the doggone thing. So that, and that's really kind of where it came from. It's, it's morphed in my imagination a little bit, and it's taken on some interesting twists and turns as I've gotten in there and rolled up my sleeves and, and got my hands dirty with it. But that's the, that's the gist of it. You know, let's, let's try to go digital first, create material that is not necessarily well-received in the average comic store anyway. Try, you know, try to get away from superhero material and try to do things that are a little more popular with the general audience. Comedy and science fiction and, you know, pirates and westerns and whatever else you want to do. This stuff that historically is not treated very, you know, is not received very well by the comic shop marketplace. But online, your and, audience will find you. Yeah, but online, exactly. And, you know, I think that's the smart money. I I could be, I could be critically wrong. Um, <laughs> right. In which case... 
the beauty of me doing it with full transparency where I'm, I'm blogging about it and explaining the process as I go and showing the math and, and showing my homework. You know, the beauty of this is that if I'm spectacularly wrong, uh, you get to watch my epic fail, you know, <laughs> unfold right before your very eyes. Uh, but I don't think I'm wrong. I think it's going to be, I think it's a hard job. And, you know, I feel foolish talking a little bit about this in such depth when we've got Brian is one of the guys whose shoulders I'm standing on. Because Brian, with atomic, with his experiences with Atomic Robo, Alex DeCampi with her experiences with Valentine, you know, uh, Scott Kurtz and PVP and the Blind Ferret guys and all they've been doing with Hijinx and Sue and the gutters and all the things they've been doing over the years. You know, these are the guys I my cues from. I mean, Brian, does that, uh, the way I've sort of outlined it, and you and I have had conversations, full disclosure, you and I have had conversations about this in the past, but um, as, I've outli- as I've outlined outlined this just uh, over the last, does that make sense to you? Yes, that's, that's why I think you're right, right, because you're, you're right on target. Uh, also, yeah. I would like I would like if we could edit out the part where Mark and I were collaborating about the death of all comic shops. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make no promises. All right, good enough. Can I can I be a house comic shop? Because you know I'll help you guys sell digital once you finally monetize it. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I look. I one of honestly one of my and I'm not just saying this because Aaron's on the line either, but one of the more pleasant <laughs> comic shop experiences I've had in the last year is being in Aaron's store and and talking with him in broad strokes about the plan here and really broad strokes before I had a lot of it nailed down and the, the lack of resistance that you know the, the I there I'm not kidding when I say there's comic stores I go into where. I walk in and I wonder if I'm going to be allowed to leave, you know, in one piece. And I have to sit down and explain to, and, and, and as a general rule, as I sit down and explain to the retailers on a one-to-one basis, look, I'm not in any way trying to undercut you and I want your store to thrive and survive, uh, but I need a venue by which I can do my material and not go bankrupt trying to do new and interesting things that may not be well received by the comic shop market. Well, Mark, they get it. You've always seemed like a really reasonable guy to me, and you've always had really frank and intelligent commentary on the industry, and haven't been afraid to, you know, just say what everybody's thinking. Reasonable? But, he's uh, a hothead. So they say. But I, I, what What I want to know is, why do you think that there are so many uh, forces in the industry who consider you to be like an acidic presence, who's a, you're like a troublemaker? Honestly, I think that it's. I think that people are scared, and I and they're understandably scared. I think if you're a comic store owner in especially if you're in a flyover state and you're the only comic shop in 100 miles and you're, you're working on a very thin margin. I mean, you know, Aaron's store is very successful. But, you know, Aaron, you'll back me up too. You guys don't have yachts parked in the, in the, out back in the parking lot. Yeah. It's not like you guys were lighting. You guys are doing well, but it's not like you were lighting your $50 bills with $100 bills. <laughs> no, no. We, no, we do that with $1 um, bills. He's never had that, <laughs> that uh, mid-90s, midlife crisis, buy a Corvette phase. That's never happened to him. So. <laughs> no, like my thing, I was punk rock, you know, growing up. So, you know, I just live very frugally and have a good time, you know. Yeah, and so, it, 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 so you know, comic stores do work on thin margins. And, mm-hmm. and comic stores are, it's, it's a very, very hard job to do. And as the economics uh, of this country continue to flounder, as print continues to dwindle uh, with its, you know, with its audience, it's tough, and people are genuinely frightened. And I don't blame them. I would be scared too if I if I was afraid that the thing that I have been doing for twenty years to put food on my family's table might 
up and go in the next six months or a year. Uh, I'm not saying it will, but I, I understand that tension. And so if I'm in there sort of doing anything that they perceive as stoking the fires of a revolution that's going to drive customers further away from their stores, they get understandably cranky. Uh, and I get that. I really do get that. I just, I, I think that part of the problem is that I'm, I have a pretty loud mouth. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a wallflower. I'm not a, I'm not a shrinking violet. And I do sort of, I, I lose sight very frequently of the fact that apparently my megaphone is quite big. Hmm. If I do say so myself. The way I, I, I've seen it is like, I don't want to sound rude, but like you were seen as kind of like the, the more Silver Age guy, the more legacy guy, the guy that's like, you know, you were an editor, you were this and that and the other. And with the 52, you were the guy that, you know, you were the guy that knew the entire DC universe and more like the old school guy. And you've kind of like reinvented yourself at this stage in your career as like this iconoclastic guy that's just doing this crazy stuff. And I think that's awesome. You know, like I think... Uh, some of these retailers are like, wait, I thought he was, you know, in our pocket. I thought he was going to go down with the ship with us or something. And that's kind of <laughs> like, that's kind of how I saw it. And I don't know. Yeah. No, that's, you're right. That, and that's, you know, I think there's something to that. And, and go down with the ship. That's pretty funny. It's it's so weird that I, I, I try not to get frustrated about it. But I, I'll be honest with you. I get frustrated sometimes and I think to myself, okay, let's go over my, my grand plan for destroying comic shops. <laughs> Step one, for 25 years, do comics that they can sell. Right. <laughs> no. uh, I like it. I like yeah. it. It's deception. Step, it's yeah. the long con. Yeah. Step, step, step two, do thousands of comic store signings for free just because I'm a nice guy and I like doing comic store signings. Right. You know, that's step two. So clearly my... You know, clearly my uh, motivations have been on the table since day one. So it just, it's just, again, there's, I, I, there's not much evidence in my past that says that I have uh, launched this grand conspiracy. This, I'm, it's finally coming to fruition, my grand conspiracy to close comic stores. Hang on. Are you kidding me? I, you know, well, the, I, I love, I spend more time in comic stores than I have in church. Wait, wait. Was your father killed by a comic? That's what you see. There you go. That's because no, that's not, the no, only. Yeah, because then that would explain a, a lifetime dedication to comics to get in on the inside to, to tear them down. It would. It would also make me a, a, a new Fifty Two DC character because, of course, the only, you know, of course, the, the only motivation for heroism in the DC universe is the death of a loved one. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I see that. But um, I think what, what struck me the most about um, the whole Coliseum of Comics and you, that whole thing of not carrying your stuff or not promoting your stuff, not pushing your stuff or however it is, is, you know, the guy, you know, he's, he's run a successful store. He's run a successful chain of stores. And to me, as soon as you're going to get new fans and more spot popularity, the spotlight's on you, everything's on you, and you're doing this stuff that essentially is free... I'm going to be able to sell your print stuff better than ever to, to new fans like that. In my mind, it's like, Oh wow, I can sell all of Mark Wade's stuff better than ever. Cause he's working hard to get new eyeballs on his stuff as him as a commodity. And to me, it's like, wow, I can actually, you know, really push his stuff more. And it just seemed like kind of like the opposite of what yeah. a, a rational thinking business person would be. But well, like with know. Atomic Robo, we've been available digitally from day one since every digital distribution service has come online. Atomic Robo is one of the launch titles. And this has done nothing but improve our visibility, uh, get the comic out there, because you know there aren't comic shops in every town. Right. And we go to tons of conventions where people say, hey, 
You know, I picked up your uh, issue one on Comixology for free. I didn't even pay for it. I love it. I, I went, I, I bought it online or I got it from, you know, midtown.com or whatever. You know, we are, we are pushing, you know, print sales through retailers uh, using the, the digital marketplace. But even then, we have uh, one of my biggest frustrations from Free Comic Book Day was how awesome your comic was and how like how few stores seemed to carry it. Because we put out the word, obviously. Oh, I promoted and, the uh, hell out of it. And everyone that I talked to was like, no, they didn't have an Atomic Robe. I'm like, what did you tell them? I'm like, I told them I wanted Atomic Robe. I'm like, good, good. <laughs> tell them you want Atomic Robo because that comic was amazing. And plus, stores have six volumes to sell now it's not like one of those free comic book day books that there's right. nothing no product to sell after you give it for free i mean there's six volumes right. of it yeah. to sell so well there's... five because i think diamond is still lacking on well yeah <laughs> they're out of volume three right now damn it's like so. atomic robo just flies off the shelves or something i, I think someone lost wow, the diamond man. warehouse honestly <laughs> there's no way it sells that well Oh yeah. no! I'm just kidding. Wow, one of the volumes basically is not being is not being available for Diamond right now, is what you're saying. Yes, well, Correct. right when the free comic book yeah. day is, right. you know, there's a very interesting reoccurring hiccup that occurs at Diamond, in which right. they will take an independent book like Atomic Robo, for example, just for example, not naming names or anything. They will not care about it enough to in- actually lose where the crate of it is in the warehouse and eventually they'll find it at some point not while they're not looking for it don't they have also have yeah. uh, like printers have excuses of we ran out of paper isn't that yeah. isn't that one that's been used brian a couple times <laughs> <laughs> so so thank god i can get it digitally mm-hmm. as well if i need to right. that's precisely the, again that's where digital that's where digital and print work together nicely i mean was it I think it was the, the most recent, not the most recent issue of Incorruptible, but the one previous to that. I was getting reports that, for whatever reason, Diamond lost something like a third of the print run. They just lost Fuck. it. Yeah. No. Oh. It there was a whole warehouse that didn't get it, supposedly. I got mine, but yeah. other stores I know of didn't I, get I theirs. I really want to see their base of operations. I just imagine that shit from Raiders, you know? Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just it's 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 crazy. So you know, you know, thank God they're a monopoly. But it's just this is no way to run an airline, guys. You know, this is, and I'm not saying that again. I I use incredible as an example, not because I'm personally invested, but just because I clearly have firsthand knowledge that yeah. of that particular anecdote. But I'm sure there's plenty of other anecdotes out there like that where diamond where we've lost sales because the distributors. Screws up. Well, again, this is where I, I go to digital and go, guess what? You don't have that problem with digital. And the only reason you can't get insufferable one week is because your web browser's down. <laughs> because your, your DSL connection is out. Anyway. I, I've, got a, I've got a question about insufferable, actually, because I, don't, I hadn't seen that it was plainly stated anywhere. I, I assume that insufferable is in the irredeemable, incorruptible universe as it starts with IN and ends in Ebbable. Um, you know, you, you know, you think so, and yet it's not because the incon- incorruptible, insufferable world is is pretty bleak and pretty decimated and pretty destroyed by uh, the Plutonians. So right. It seemed it seemed different, but I was like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay. and also those are not uh, insufferable and irredeemable are not uh, are not ins- are rather incorruptible and irredeemable are not creator own books. Those are boom books. So I don't have the luxury of taking that continuity with me as I pack my bags and go. Uh, I didn't realize they weren't creator-owned. Uh, well, here's the thing. In, in a normal situation, they would have been, but remember, I was also, when I came up with those books, I was also the editor-in-chief at Boom, and I was also a very, 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 very minor 
part owner of the of the company. And when I say minor, I mean I probably have more cash on me right this second as we talk than is than my stock is worth in terms of you know <laughs> how how little a percentage of the company I had. But still, with that in mind, it made sense to me, and it seemed to be fair play for it not to be completely. I have a big piece of it. I have a you know I have a big piece of irredeemable and. Uh, incorruptible. I have a, a, a really good creative share of it, but it is not wholly owned by me because I was working for the company and on payroll and had a piece of the company that owns it. So, it, you know, it's a little complicated, but that, yeah. if that makes any sense, that, that made sense to me at the time when I came up with this stuff. So, Right. Your heirs will sue them, right? I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. I, uh, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Mark Toberoff will be representing my heirs in, in court in 35 years. Yeah. Right. I got to read Insufferable right before this, and I loved the the presentation of um, being able to have the same panel. And then, like, on the very first issue of uh, Insufferable, it was like he was checking out a camera, and there was a uh, static, and then he the next panel... It all cleared out. Yeah, the um, the the presentation of the web comics on uh, Thrillbent are is really slick. You, it's not, it doesn't have all that whole the whole button set of you know previous, next, last, first. You just click right and left on your yeah, on like your on D-pad. Suicide Girls when it's the galleries on that. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm unfamiliar, but I'll take your okay. word for it. <laughs> but no, it was yeah. great. I mean, or, 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 just, or just or choose your arrow keys, or if you're on a device, you just swipe right and left. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's Luther a, was really cool too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luther was great. Uh, Luther, uh, for Thanks. listeners, is a uh, a zombie story that is uh, standalone, really well orchestrated, <laughs> gorgeous art, very very unique. Uh, if you got, have, I mean, the zombie fad pretty well played out, but if you want just a really like amazing story told in that zombie setting, much like how Walking Dead takes the genre and does something unique with it, Luther does very much the same. Right, like Definitely. zombies of the setting. It's yeah, like zombie roadkill. It was it was <laughs> awesome. It was unique. I, I enjoyed it. Thanks. Everyone should. I I, I I can't. You know. I just want to make it make sure that we're clear on this. That I'm I, I'm not in any way trying to say that or claim that I invented these techniques or that I suddenly you know that I spontaneously created this way of presenting web comics. It's just a synthesis of a bunch of a bunch of stuff that has been done better and smarter by a lot of other people, including Brian. And I'm again not just because he's on the phone, but <laughs> also guys like uh, Yves Bigerel, the French artist who came up with that, that about comics click through webcomic a couple of years ago that I referred to several times on my site uh, and just looking and see what works in, uh, for, for certain guys and then sort of taking their techniques and, and, and I think what I, what I can bring to the table is not necessarily inventive, but it is sort of streamlining those techniques into something that works for me and also then being able to bring like a level, a production level that is sort of, you know, the, the end result of my 25 years in comics is, you know, what I'm able to bring to it on an experience production level. But what we, you know, what we've ended up with, I'm really pleased with. And you haven't seen anything yet because I seriously, the stuff we've been doing in the first couple of installments of Insufferable, we were doing before Stuart Innan and I helped crack the code with that infinite comic that we did for Marvel. And I learned some stuff doing that. And then, you know, I've been doing some other stuff on the side that you've, that you've yet to see that I'm learning stuff here and there. So I'm, I'm really, if you like what you've seen with Insufferable so far, and I'm thrilled, but you're, you're just kind of seeing it with training wheels still on. Nice. That's very exciting. So let's take a song break real quick. So up next, we have from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, a recent OC remix release called In the Robot Factory by Anti-Sign. He seems to be doing a bunch of these uh, really fun, dancey, techno-y remixes of tracks from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. This is particularly a Robotnik's theme, and uh, I'm really digging it. <laughs> 
be careful because Sonic turns you into a furry. <gasps> oh my gosh, Princess Sally. Hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
Thrillbent actually currently doesn't have any method of monetization readily present on it. There's no ads. There's really just the blog. There's the comics, and there's the uh, creator section. I was wondering if, I don't know if it's still under wraps or not, but uh, what do you project your first step is going to be on, on the quest for monetization? We've got a couple of things in place. I mean, you know, Google Ads is, is something that you'll see up there fairly soon. It's not, that's not a giant revenue stream. It's, it's a revenue trickle, but it's a, it's a start. I've talked with other advertisers about placing advertising on the web page in the most unobtrusive way. I don't want, you know, it should never be, you know, insufferable. And, you know, in the middle of it, you get a, suddenly a commercial for items. Uh, you know, and then back to your story. That just seems very intrusive. But uh, that's one of the things we've talked about. Also, we're also talking about rolling up an app for smart devices about the time of San Diego, if we can get it up and running by that time. And that's another way of monetizing it in small pieces. At this stage, the goal is not to make a bucket of money. The goal is to just pay, get my production costs under control. Basically, if I can pay my production costs, on this stuff in, in incremental ways through the web, then that gives me material that I and my collaborators own, and then we can really create a revenue stream by doing print or by doing other media and see what, see what comes of it there. It's tough because it, I wish I had a better answer for you as to how the monetization is going to work, and the only answer I have is we're exploring a bunch of different avenues at this point, and some of them seem more promising than others, but you know, if you keep up with a blog at markwade.com as we talk about the discovery of it all, you know, I'll, I'm, again, full transparency on this because I want people to, to learn the same way I'm learning. And, well, not the same way I'm learning. I want them to learn from me. I don't want them to have to learn on their own when it comes to, to doing something stupid like launching a, a comic site without any monetization. Uh, so... Um, well, speaking on behalf of you know, a, my, a listener-supported <clears throat> podcast, we, we do know a thing or two about what it's like to just play it by ear and 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 sort of wing the idea of we got to get funding somehow. So, uh, I'm sure you'll do it. Uh, you know one of the things that's been at the front of our thinking all along is that's one of the reasons that Markway has become a pro- Markway.com has become a process blog. If you want to invite, you want to make sure that people are you know fans are sort of watching us build the barn and helping us build the barn and helping advise us build the barn because I like that sense of community and I like that sense of giving your readers, your fans, and your, your listeners a sense of participation in what you're doing. I think it pays off uh, because they're invested. And I can't, you know, the other thing is I, I cannot tell you, and you know this too, uh, I'm sure, that you know, the number of people who have written to us in the last week or so saying a variation of the following hey, I realize this is free, and I think this is awesome, but how, how can I pay you for this? Because I really want to show my support. <laughs> that's great. That's absolutely and, great, yeah. And that's, and that's you know, I'm not fooling myself enough to think that's enough. That alone is enough to keep the lights on. But it's, it really goes to show that it, bear, you know, it sort of shores up what I felt for a long time, which is that, the economic models of all of this stuff are changing pretty rapidly, and that is a viable way of doing business, is building your fan base and and doing it in such a way where they feel a loyalty to what you do and they want to support what you do, and they are willing to kick in, you know, not, you know, not a, a ton of money, but they're willing to kick in, you know, in the, in the donation jar enough to, to make it feel like they're supporting you. They, they enjoy that. They like that. You know, and that's cool. I, I think that's a viable way of doing business. It's probably not enough to to sustain you just on that, but who knows? We'll see. 
there's this comic that uh, uh, I've my they're my favorite way that uh, I've seen a comic ask for donations. Uh, it's called Goblins. It's uh, kind of it's very uh, based out of uh, tabletop gaming, and basically they have a comic called Temp's Fate, which is separate from the main story and it's totally self-aware, fourth wall breaking. But basically, uh, they're going to put the first comic started with this is a character, this is a goblin named Temp's Fate, and he's going to go through this dungeon and he'll probably die unless you raise this amount of money. And I'll draw the comic and I'll write it out and everything. And they, the the community just responded with, instantly they broke the final barrier. And he's like, wow, I was not expecting this much money to make sure this goblin goes, survives. And so uh, I'm not saying this is a particular idea, but but fun ideas of like making it a game, making it a community process. Choose people, your own adventure. We, we really love collaborating with our community. Uh, they've just uh, they've they've steered us in some directions we never would have gone uh, of our own accord. You know, we just kinda, and we're better for it. Yeah, we it's been it's been a lot of fun and continues to be. Having this dialogue with the community has definitely helped Nerdy Show grow. Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly. It, I mean, and that you know, and that was the the point with the you know the MarkWade.com relaunch was that we put forums up pretty quickly, just making sure that people, and, and they're very active forums, and they're all sort of, some guy came on the other day and said, listen, I, I hate to give you unsolicited advice, but here's my observations about webcomics. I'm like, dude, there's no such thing as unsolicited advice on this site at this point. Nice. You know, but don't be shy. If you, it's, it's a place for people to come and exchange ideas about what they think works and doesn't work, and what works for them and what doesn't work for them, and what they'd like to see and what they wouldn't, and that's awesome. Even though web comics have been around now for you know ten years, uh, it's still a, a growing medium, and it's still a medium where we're still learning a lot of the language and learning how to learning how to do things better all the time. And if we can do it as a community, that's great. It just makes it easier because now we don't all have to reinvent the wheel separately in our own, you know, at our own computer terminals. Instead, we can sort of turn to each other for advice. Yeah. It ain't a competition, <laughs> at least in my point of view. And I, I, you know, I think that the people I've talked to that have been very, for, you know, giving, like Brian, you know, guys like that have been very forthcoming about their, their experiences and about their knowledge. And I think that's only healthy. I don't think that we're competing with each other's fan bases or, or each other's audiences for attention. I think we're just helping each other get better at what we do. Yeah, uh, in the webcomics community, especially in the going back to the early days, I mean, 10, 12 years now, there was never really a sense of competition. It was always just because, you know, especially and especially now, there's really, really none because most people you know, have Internet access at work. And it's just if they're doing webcomics, they're just looking at something for some quick entertainment in between the bullshit of work. So there's practically infinite uh, space available for the attention of, you know, people and and, and fragmented interests, you know, you can get so niche in, in web comics now that, you know, the audiences of any two, you know, compared to, you know, okay, Spider-Man comics and Batman comics, yeah, those serve different niches, but still very similar ones. But, you know, with web comics, you can get so separate that the audiences just have no crossover and there is no harm whatsoever in just, you know, helping each other out. Yeah, I think that's, which I think is great. Actually, it's a fun, one of the funniest things I've seen over and over again is that a big, huge thread of reaction from to all my thrill bent announcements from a lot of the hardcore web comics community guys is who the hell is Mark Wade? I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> and while I would ha- I would be lying if I didn't say at first I was a little stung by that, I thought, no, that's that's great. You know what? That that backs up what I've been saying all along, which is my audience is 
much bigger than my potential audience is much bigger than the Daredevil audience or the Hulk audience exactly. for, for mm-hmm. comics, whatever. Exactly. And and that's that's great. I don't take I'm not offended by that. I think that's I, I I look at that as an opportunity to say, okay, great, there's a whole other customer base that I can reach. That's exactly true. You mentioned Daredevil there. That's been a book that I've been absolutely adoring. Um, Amazing. Yeah, one Thank of you. one of my must reads every single time it comes out. That's an ongoing project. What else are you uh, working on currently? That maybe is, is a recent announcement, or maybe I don't know about I got imprint stuff. No, I, I well, Daredevil's the big thing, obviously, and then you know we announced the Rocketeer miniseries oh, with Chris Samney uh, yes. through IDW. It'll be coming out in the next couple of months. That's exciting. And I'm excited. That, and again, so I've got the I've got the Chris Samney market locked down because he's <laughs> on Daredevil as well. So. I love the fact that he knows he can't. Now I've got him. You know, he he's my he's my Tim Sale to my Jeff Lowe. He is my. <laughs> um, he, I, he's not going anywhere. That's that's um, phenomenal. I am happy to hear it. <laughs> thank you. And it, beyond that, actually, there's not a whole lot of of. I'm doing some other stuff in outside of comics. Just some some video game work here and there, and a little bit of TV work here and there. That will you know as that stuff comes to fruition, I'll be able to talk about. Right. But it's it's interesting. I'm actually doing for a guy who seems to write every third comic out there. I'm actually looking at the next six months, going, well, you know, not so much. You know, I, I was completely unprepared for how intense the time and effort would be for you know to launch Thrillbent. I knew intellectually it would be really uh, a lot of time and effort, but I had no idea until we got down to the last couple of weeks before the launch, and oh my god! But now that that's sort of in place. It, it, it lightens my load a little bit, but that's really where I want to be. Because it's not just it's not just insufferable. I mean, I also want to you know do clearly. I want to be able to add content to the Thrillbent site sooner than later. And I've also been you know working with other artists on other upcoming series for Thrillbent that we'll be announcing in the next couple of months. So it's there is still not much rest for me, but that's okay. I think the important thing here is that I now know that Mark will be writing fewer issues, so I can. Steal some jobs from him. <laughs> That's my work slate for the time being. But Daredevil, again, Daredevil is one they're going to have to pry out of my cold dead hand. Yes, because I'm just having the best time with that. It just, I thought it was a huge gamble. I was, I was fully prepared for the fan backlash to be, what is this crap? Why isn't he sullen and angry and standing on a rooftop in the rain? Why isn't he beat? Why isn't he angry? Why? Where's Frank Miller? Give me Brian Bendis back. I hate you. I expected that to be the case, and instead, I got gobsmacked by the reaction, which is good. We love this because it's not doom and gloom all the time, and I think that's great. It was the perfect answer to um, Shadow- Shadowlands. Yeah, Shadowlands. Shadowlands just got mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Just dark, yeah. just oh, it was man. it was just time for a change. Yeah, like where do you I, go yeah, from I, there? Yeah, I, I, and I think the way you do it, and I, I could be wrong. I, I think the way, I think the thing that helped save us was that we didn't just ignore all that stuff. Instead, we made it part of the character revolution, and we said we came right out and said, "Look, you know, he knows he's done a lot of really horrible things, or been involved with a lot of really horrible things in the last few years, and he's decided actively to move on." But Foggy, his partner, is not as sure about this plan of action as Matt is. That this idea of burying it is not necessarily the smart, the smart thing to do in the long run, because Foggy's known him longer than anybody. And I think that that, it, it, that way we're sort of we're not trying to say that that stuff didn't happen or that we're crapping on the work of the guys who came before us. But there's a continuity to the character. 
And that I think that has helped ameliorate some of the concerns that some of the fans might have had. I don't know. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's like a pendulum swing, or it's like how far, how dark can you get the character before, you know, even in real life, you know, people... I mean, I'm manic depressive. I'm not always, you know, <laughs> depressed all the time. I mean, sometimes I get manic. So, I mean, it's cool. I, I enjoy the hell out of it. I think a lot of the fans, though they loved Bendis' work and loved the Brubaker handoff and how, how great that Absolutely. was, they, they wanted, this is awesome too. And this is what's needed. Yeah. You know, you can't just keep going like with uh, Scott Snyder on Swamp Thing. You know, if he wanted to do mm. Swamp Thing, it's like, he's a swamp god and just retread everything that Alan Moore did. You know, I wouldn't be as enjoying it as much as I liked Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Snyder needs to do something different, and he is. So yeah, yeah. that's just it. I, I there's I don't I'm not saying that all comics should be any one way. I'm not saying the tone of any of all comics should be one specific tone. But I just like the fact that there's a elbow room enough for there to be a variation in tone. So it's not all doom and gloom and gritty and guys being you know speared through the chest from behind. <laughs> You know, through their torso in every issue. Oh, I'm sorry, I just described all these comics. I'm. Uh, <laughs> not all of them. Some of them are rapey titty comics. So come on. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I don't know. Yeah. They should. They don't all have. Not all comics have to be like that. So it's you know, and it'll change. I mean, you know, taste change, pendulum swing, and you know, I I have no illusions that five years from now somebody else will be writing Daredevil and they're going to establish that he lives in a house made of razor blades and, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, and he's, and he's yeah, that'll come. But that's okay. It's part of the, part of the pendulum swing. I'm just enjoying the ride while I can. Let's talk recommendations, Mark. Um, what books, be they digital or otherwise, or, or webcomic series, uh, are you reading and loving right now that maybe people aren't into and need to get uh, in the know about? That's a really good question, actually. I mean, you know, again, I cite, you know, forgive me for seeing as if I'm pandering, but I cite Atomic Robo. I, again, I've learned a lot from what Brian's done, and I like what he's done. What else, what else am I following digitally, particularly Power Play? I really like. Uh, that they use uh, Riley Brown, the artist, uses the digital techniques really well. Uh, thing doing things you can do in you can't necessarily do in comics. Eldritch by uh, Drew Rauch, I really like a lot as well. Um, that's the stuff that I'm reading online that I'm really digging, and uh, any of the the Turbo Media stuff that uh, Yves Bigerel and his friends are doing over in France, I like that stuff in print. I, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I'm not following a ton of it just because my focus is digital so much in the last six months. There's a good answer. I'm sure. What are you reading? What are you reading, Mark? I'm sure there's stuff out there. (laughs) Some comic books. Shrug. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. What a geez, what a dick. No, you know. I don't know. Have you tried Saga by uh, Brian K. Vaughn, his new book? Yeah, I have. I I liked issue one and I liked issue two. It's it's funny because it's not in my wheelhouse. Fantasy and science fiction are both of them are sort of genres that I was that I've never terribly been attracted to. Um, and so the reason I come back because the strength of what Brian is doing because I like him and I like his work. It's not something I would die for because it's not in my wheel. I love Brian's work, but it's not a, that subject matter is not in my wheelhouse. Uh, Saucer Country. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's Over great. Saucer Country. I liked a lot. I liked uh, and and again, good for good for him. That was a good launch out of Vertigo too. Yeah, I like that. I like I like Sam Humphrey's books. I oh, looking forward to. I just I just picked, I just picked up uh, Higher Earth and I haven't read that yet, but. Uh, it's sitting here on the to be red pile. Did you read his book uh, about Sam. having sex with dogs? <laughs> <laughs> our, our love is real. Yes, 
Yes, I did. It's, uh, it's, it's, you perhaps oversimplify it a bit. (laughs) (laughs) You knew what I was talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Is it a reaction to know than to go, well, which one of those? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, Manhattan Project. Also really good. Check that one out. Yeah. Hickman's really good. Hickman, I, you know, he's, Hickman is a, Hickman's a weird dude, man. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I mean, he is, I've sat, I've sat in rooms with him at these Marvel conferences and it's, it, it reminds me of being in a room with Grant Morrison, except that he's not Don Shrooms, you know, or, you know, he, 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 he's not still having LSD flashbacks. Hickman isn't as near as I can tell it, but it is that sense of you see him quietly over in the corner processing things and thinking six steps ahead in ways that the rest of us aren't. And like it's like it's like we're playing checkers and he's playing three D chess. I I think it's a it's a pretty great accomplishment that he's gotten so ingrained over at Marvel and is doing uh, so many major titles and and working with the architecture of that. And his books are uh, they're you know they're heavy they're thinking people books and they're yeah. they're above mainstream. And I I love that they are above mainstream in the mainstream. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, they are not light reading, but. And they are they they still retain enough of Marvel flavor to feel alien. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking with us, Mark. I really look forward to everything that uh, it's going to come out on Thrillbent.com and all your other projects and every subsequent issue of Daredevil. <laughs> so, what do you have for us, Hex? Well, the next track I have for us is "About to Explode" by Adam Warrock. Oh man! This Monday, Adam Warrock uh, launched his Neo Tokyo EP. And uh, I got leaked the music video for this, which uh, heavily samples from the uh, Akira movie. And the video just freaking blew my mind away. And this this is a song just equally made my head explode. And so (laughs) this track is, I'm so excited for this EP. This Uh, is an EP all about Akira, Neo Tokyo, and uh, and all the futuristic anime craziness. And this song you're about to hear, it will make you explode. Yep. It'll make fans. Fingers grow out of your fingers. Boom. Growth. Disgusting. It'll, <laughs> Incredibly it'll so. eat your girlfriend alive and squish her inside your gigantic body. Yeah. And you're gonna have you're just gonna like it. Because it's that way warm. beyond pinnacle rape. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I see the future, and no, it's not pretty. Buildings turn to rubble in a flash of light. The flesh decays and soon the city's nothing. Just howls from the past, those who passed on to the next ones. Science keeps us waiting for the answer. In the year of 2019, there's civil unrest. Where gangs patrol the streets and the students resist. Where the government's torn to pieces in the wake of the third world war. And martial law controls the people once more. With the press is muzzled, so we never know the truth. With the black ops military. Military experiments sit beneath the city, cryogenically frozen. He had a name, but now he's just collections of memories and test patterns. And we crawl the sewers, hoping and wishing, waiting and praying that there's an answer. And we load our guns, killing, and we fight for territory. That's the life that we know. When you live in Neo Tokyo, it's about to explode. 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 It's about to explode, it's about to explode 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 
making friends who kept me honest Whoever, who would have been thinking that we lived through Armageddon twice But you only died once I'ma send your Magadus bike back to meet him, rest in peace Cause they told me I was a punk who roamed the streets Just a no good gangster And I admit I've made mistakes So I'ma fight until my last breath leaves I'll do it for him, cause he's my friend I still gotta try and save him Yes, Tetsuo, think back on your memories Tetsuo, think of Neo Tokyo Tetsuo, think of all the good times and your memories Tetsuo, lean into the curves like it's suicide Tetsuo, in a dying city We can find a reason to live We can find love, we can find friendship We can find the universe Tetsuo, this is the end and the beginning Tetsuo, is that you? Tetsuo And they whisper Akira beneath their breaths And I don't understand why they say it And they whisper Akira beneath their breaths And I don't understand It's about to explode 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 All right guys here's a part of the show where we just talk about comics we talk about what we like Talk about what's uh, what's coming out, what we got reactions to. We can talk about stuff we don't like, too. We can talk about shit we don't like. Yeah. I'm all mm. about that. Man, no, why you gotta be hating? No creator know. bashing, but I mean, we can bash like the companies and the directions the companies are taking. Absolutely. Like Man, that. these companies. Yeah, what I hate companies. Doing? I agreed with pretty much everything Mark Wade said about uh, the new 52. Yeah. There are obviously some noteworthy exceptions that are amazing, and I buy them every week. Dial H for Hero was really cool. Yeah, That was. art was awesome. Yeah. That art was fantastic. Well, it's kind of like all of those dark DC books are cool, and that's what I've been railing about for like a decade now with DC is that they need to bring these vertigo elements that migrate away from DC back to DC so it can have this dark, edgier side that I liked as a kid, you know, when I was reading mature reader stuff that I shouldn't have been. Yeah. And, uh, but, with, but without making Superman just straight up murder people all the time. Right. right. That's but, what uh, Incorruptible is for. To me, don't make <laughs> the heroes dark, but there are some dark elements. There's like, you know, Swamp Thing and, and John Constantine, obviously. There's darker elements of the DCU that should be dark. And in the DCU, you don't have to make Superman dark. You don't have yeah, to make Yeah, you, you can have you this know. level of the macabre, but having it stand next to Superman makes it that much darker. Yeah. That juxtaposition of this ultimate Boy Scout. This this paragon of all that is good in in life next to John Constantine, who's this despicable uh, slab of a man, but he does he knows he what he's talking saves about. The, You're right, the world, right? You know, I mean, for he selfish is, reasons because he needs more silk cut, but, and he doesn't you know, he doesn't want the world to end, right? Because then he would end. I think it's, <laughs> and, and he would go straight to hell, right? I think that's why Animal Man's working so well is because he's like a family man. You know, he's got the family panels, and then there's just horror. Yeah. Like, absolute I mean, that's horror. That's how horror works so well, is when, you know... You're someone reminded has, of what's yeah. good in the world. And, like, me having a family, it's like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. If, if I was a hero with a family and there was this rot coming after me... The I mean, rot, literally. Jesus Christ, yeah. you know? And if... They're not interested. Go away, Rot. Do not want. <laughs> Do not want, Speaking rot. of uh, the Rot and, uh, and Dark things, I'm really excited that I can finally uh, like Justice League Dark again. Jeff Lemire is going to write it. Yeah. And, you know, I love Milligan, but uh, the book was treading water in a serious way, so I'm excited about being able to enjoy this book again. Yeah, I kept wanting Shade the Changing Man to just do some totally off-the-wall crazy 
you know, blow my mind stuff like what I remembered, you know, reading Shade the Changing Man in, you know, high school and, mm-hmm. and middle school, you know, how much I loved that book. And and it's the same writer. Yeah. And it just never and, really happened. And unfortunately, for me. he took Shade with him. When he when his run ended with issue eight, Shade disappears. Like he was in a very Contrived. very transparent way, yeah, lifted out of the book. <laughs> I have to go save my home world now. <laughs> beep beep beep. <laughs> beep beep. The changing world. <laughs> I just figured out how to take off my invest. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm but very excited. About I love this how uh, uh, Jeff's taking over it, and and this like this kind of like left field type, not left field in that they're both dark books, but we were all waiting for the the red and the green crossover, the rot, you mm-hmm. know, the the swamp thing, Animal Man crossover, and that's going to happen. But that's going to be Buddy Baker. Is that going to happen at Christmas? Please tell me the red versus no. green is happening. At Christmas. <laughs> Maybe I don't uh, wait that long. They are totally missing out on so much yeah. merchandising. That's Animal Man is crossing over with Justin League Dark in the way that Ellen, Cliff, and Maxine, his, his wife and kids, and maybe that nasty old grandma and that, that kitty cat are going to cross over with Justin League Dark. That kitty cat so, better be in it. So, you know, we weren't seeing that coming, and that's cool, and and Jeff just is starting out with having it at the House of Secrets and adding Black Ooh. Orchid into the mix, and, you know, it's just like... Guns yeah. up that's, blazing. That's right, they had Constantine... Yeah. yeah. What else, guys? What else you been into? I'm into the new Marvel okay. Zombies book. Um, it's it's Howard all right. Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, uh, I'm a sucker. As repeat listeners will know, uh, I'll buy anything with Howard the Duck in it, whether it's good or bad. Instant but cap purchase. Just it, add Howard it, the Duck. It, it is. I just put books on this cover. When, like, uh, that's what I'm telling Aaron. Just just draw Howard the Duck on the cover of every comic. Cap will just buy all of them. Oh, I should get um, the, the blank sketch covers and just have Tony Baldini draw Howard the Duck on the sketch cover during the pull, and then Cap would have to buy it. That's not how it works. No, it could work that way. No, this what, is, depending what is, on how good the is, sketch is. What is Howard the Duck doing in Star Trek Infestation? I don't care, but I want it. <laughs> uh, no, what, what matters to me is the, the Howard the Duck continuity, which I'm uh, piecing together piece by piece in my brain. I'm fairly certain at this point in time that there are multiple Howard the Ducks running around the, uni- oh, come the, on. That the was, 616 that was universe. Theory. Just... No, this is my theory. <laughs> I believe more that it's Cap's theory. <laughs> no, it was relayed to me through Mike. We we uh, we shared we, Mike Mike and I shared this Howard the Duck bond. Okay. Um, Steve Gerber, who created Howard the Duck, you know Marvel Marvel kicked him off the the book. They took the character away from him. They invented Duck World. Howard does not come from Duck World. Newsflash. He comes from a world of cartoon animals, much like the Disney universe. Yeah, he comes from Duck Duckburg, and that's my theory sure. that. I have yet to find anyone what? dispute my theory or have the theory before me. Aaron's and I've theory is great. To, I've talked to Listen actual up. people at Marvel that Howard the Duck is, if you go to you know, Google search the Duck family tree with Donald Duck and Scrooge and everything, yeah. you will find that Huey Dewey Louie's father is a mystery. It's just a <laughs> silhouette with a question mark. His mother's named, everyone's named. I think that Howard is a deadbeat duck. He's a deadbeat dad and he skipped realities because... He wants to have sex with human women, and he Who doesn't. Right, so he left Huey, Dewey, and Louie with Donald, his brother, and knowing that Scrooge is going to take care of him, and he went to the Marvel Universe. This it is so obvious. Terrifies me that you're convincing me. This is what, this is me what this. Gerber wanted. This is the ultimate satire, and this is why there was that huge lawsuit with <laughs> Disney and Donald Duck. Where they because, forced Howard to wear pants. Yes, yeah. because you know Scrooge hired those lawyers to get at him and that's the only way he'd get at him because he had to go through our universe to get at Howard in the Marvel universe because Howard left the Disney universe. And our universe is the intermediary. Yes, because we have so many lawyers. <laughs> and, like, it's so obvious. But he, Howard the Duck is Huey, Dewey, and Louie's father. I will take this to my grave saying this. Like Those will be my final words and that will be, I want that on my tombstone. 
because that is that is the god's honest fact and it can finally be exposed now that disney owns marvel uh, yeah i'm I, in fact that's why they bought him so <laughs> <laughs> if the whole Howard the Duck controversy, Scrooge bought him because Scrooge wants to to screw Howard. So keep an eye on it. Now, keep an eye on. Uh, Steve Gerber wrote an unpublished Howard the Duck script, which he made available on his website. I don't know if it's still there or not. Uh, which was written in the early '80s. Marvel asked him to come back to Howard the Duck, and then reneged. In it, it explains that uh, it, it created an explanation for the Duck World Howard, the Howard the Duck that was in the magazines and everything. Uh, basically, the offensive Howard to Steve Gerber created this kind of multiverse problem with Howard. But that didn't get published, and then eventually in the early 90s, Marvel brought Gerber back on, kind of under false pretenses, so he said. He wrote some Howard really briefly, and then Marvel started churning out, like, they had Howard the Duck team up with Artie and Leech from Generation X and Man-Thing and did this three-part series called Daydreamers and Franklin Richards, and it was just fucking awful. I remember that. But Gerber actually, seeing that he was getting screwed, created an escape plan for Howard, and in this crossover, it was a Spider-Man, Howard the Duck crossover, Mm. they go into a a warehouse, and something happens in the dark, and Howard leaves, but it's not really Howard. He actually, Howard went in an interdimensional witness protection program and switched places. Howard the Duck is now running around the Image universe, or one of Image, of course, being a a big blanket conglomerate of things anyway. Gerber had another book that was a direct response to Howard's lawsuits and everything with Marvel called Destroyer Duck, who was a friend of Howard's from Cartoon Animal Universe. He teamed up with Savage Dragon, and in that book, Leonard the Duck comes out of this, uh, <laughs> and also Bever- like this other Beverly character. No, this is all true. I, this know, is, this. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> they uh, Basically, Howard is in a trans-dimensional witness protection program as Leonard the Duck in the Image universe. In, in uh, Gerber's other book, Nevada, there's a second series in Nevada that never came out, but in the Image Winter's Edge preview, you see Howard and Beverly as those characters Vertigo in it. Winter's Edge. Yeah, Vertigo, sorry. So that's really complicated. But here's the other thing. Here's what's going on at Marvel right now, I think. <laughs> they haven't said this, but Howard appeared in the Marvel in the Marvel Zombies books, which were all like great, as an agent of armor, which is um, as like, you know, shield, sword, mm-hmm. armor and um, it, yeah, it's alter it's art- alternate reality is what is what armor's all about. And as an agent of armor, Howard's like this really kind of capable go-getter hero type. It's not fucking Howard the Duck. That's not the curmudgeon-y Harvey P. Carr yeah, the, Howard the, the Duck. Yeah, the cab driver. It's not the one that Gerber wrote. It's not the one that Dan Slott wrote recently, I might add. So, who is this armored Howard the Duck? Armor Howard the Duck, who comes from Duck World because it gets mentioned a lot, is clearly the go-getter Howard the Duck that Marvel created in the late 70s, early 1980s. Meanwhile, and he's working for Armor, meanwhile, the curmudgeon Harvey Picar Howard that we all know and love is both in another universe, but also in Cleveland. In Cleveland. As a taxi cab driver. Now, they haven't said any of this, but I'm fucking certain. And the best thing would be, obviously, this is so obvious, if Uncle Scrooge hires Deadpool to kill Howard the Duck... And he goes to kill the, you know, he just gets in the cab and Howard's driving the cab, he's going to kill him. And then Armor Howard comes out of nowhere with guns ablazing to save the cab driver Howard. I wait, mean, this this wait. would be the best, but, you know, right but now then, this is just fanfic. Duckpool shows up. <laughs> yes. Duckpool. Oh, my God. Dude, this is the best fanfic ever. <laughs> we should just talk about real comics though for a while. <laughs> I am, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't expect you to go that way, but um, but I like the I like the new Marvel Zombies book, the Ducky the Ducky Dozen, where they fight uh, Nazi zombies. That's perfect. Oh, it's and fun. and it it uses a bunch of World War II era Marvel characters that have seriously never been dusted off. These guys are 
buried deeper than the characters from the 12. Wow. Is the wizard in it? Is there still a no. dozen of them? Damn it. <laughs> uh, no, some of them died very abruptly. <laughs> I love the wizard. The wizard's so horrible. What, else, right. is, what else is good, gents? What's good? Uh, a verse X is actually like ridiculously selling at my store, and obviously all around if it's getting all these multiple printings and rush printings that, you know, it's it's got so much negativity on, on the web, but I no. think this is like really what the fans want. What, well, what's what the negative? Marvel, what's the negativity on the web? That this has been seen and done before. That the the X Men's fought the Avengers before. That every Marvel crossover always has just the heroes punching each other in the face for some contrived reason. True. All the way back to Secret Wars, you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, you know, even even Fear itself, you just give random people hammers and have them hammer each other in the face. And Civil War punch each other in the face, you know, like House of M, alternate reality and punch each other in the face. And, you know, like that was a lot of the negativity. But, I mean, people are eating it up. And, because they still want to see it. And, and it's really well written yeah. to boot, right. you know. And to me, it's it's just, you know, like my my analysis of it is it's, you know, the, the frosted mini wheats. And this is a 12-year-old frosted side of the mini wheats that, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm sorry. I'm enjoying it. I would almost categorize it as a, a guilty pleasure, A for sex. But... You know, the writers are great. Jason Aaron is awesome. And I don't know. Well, I, I'm digging it, but... You know what killed me? The Was it the Versus book? Where it had, like, that pop-up music style. Right. That was, that's kind of killed me a yeah. little bit. That was my first... video. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Billy Ocean, the fun facts. Rape This Girl. The fun facts, yeah. Yeah, know. fun facts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how else are they going to enhance a you know 22 page fight scene you know like augmented reality like, <laughs> I don't need their internal monologue you know I just want to see them punch oh, each other oh that really yeah. hurt my jaw yeah. wow I chipped a tooth I don't know but I wonder if I need to get the laundry did I, did I leave that in the washer but if, if we're really speaking about the comics that are really buzzing and, and ridiculous is it seems like every image number one is an instant sellout that I can almost sell as many as I feel like ordering and they're all kind of like I don't know why or how or, or whatnot. Uh, I think it started with Chew and Bleeding Cool saying like, "Oh, if you didn't get Chew, you aren't getting fifty dollars on eBay right now because Chew number one's going for fifty bucks, whatever." But it seems like every launch image has had in the last year, people want and people are buying. People are willing to take a chance on it, and I don't really think it's because of the speculation that it could be the next thing that would have value to it. But, but Image has been pumping out some really good stuff lately, so people are more willing to give it a chance. And just that, I love their tagline now, experience creativity. I mean, it's just yeah. so like, you know, oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Except it's the same as Joanne Fabrics. What? <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, they, you'll see some... Joanne jo Fabrics does some amazing work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't knock it. Joanne Fabrics, if you'll see it, there's a Joanne that's like branded ETC. It stands for experience the creativity. Oh, boy. Oh, like yeah. etc. Well, I'm done with image. That's even better. It's etc. I, I know this because I live with a knitter. No, I know. Better <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> than a cutter. I mean, yeah, true, true. But uh, Brian, Saga. Oh Jesus. yeah, Saga. Jesus, man. Uh, Brian, this is a big week for you. Got two awesome titles out. Yes, that is correct. See you guys later. <laughs> you what, what are your no, titles that yeah, are out? Tell us more. Uh, I got a story in Amazing Spider-Man Ends of the Earth number one, the mm -hmm. one and only tie-in issue to the Spider-Man Spider event of the same name. Uh, it's got Big Hero 6 in it. You haven't seen them in quite a few years. Yeah. And we got the second issue of Atomic Robo Presents Real Science Adventures number two. Yes. A bunch of short stories with Atomic Robo and special guest stars, and it's a lot of fun. 
Yes. Yeah. If if uh, Diamond's Warehouse chooses to ship it chooses. to me this week. If that, <laughs> yes. Sometimes they ship Atomic Robo to other warehouses and not me in the same week. It's very odd. I really like the first issue. I haven't read the second issue, but... <sighs> Whatever, man. No, I mean, you, <laughs> I haven't asked you to send me it as a PDF or anything, but I really did enjoy the first issue. It was amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. So... I think that uh, the the Spider-Man event into the Earth really great. I mean, Slot has obviously been killing it on Spider-Man ever since he started writing it. And what I love about Dan is that I think he was actually born to write Spider-Man. <laughs> it seems that way. He was like bit by. I follow a, him on Twitter, and it's like, oh yeah, of course, this is what he's doing. He was uh, <laughs> bit by a radioactive Spider-Man comic as a kid. I, I honestly think he was. <laughs> ah, paper cut. Oh, it's glowing. glowing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Brian, you know I, that that release actually uh, took me by surprise. Uh, I didn't realize it was happening. Do you have any other surprise, weirdy kind of non-atomic robo sort of releases going on right now? Uh, I have another Spider-Man short story coming up, but I don't know when. Are you <laughs> going to pitch my Howard the Duck idea like it was yours? Because you can just give me a thank you and the ditto and the. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take a consultant fee of an ice cream. <laughs> Uh, I'll do I'll do Victor the Duck. I'll just, I'll just add complexity to it. When I heard that you know you're doing this new Robo Adventures anthology, I was like, oh cool! I'm going to get two issues of Robo a month to sell. When's your next Robo miniseries starting? Uh, volume seven, Atomic Robo and the Flying She Devils of the Pacific comes out in June. Ooh, oh, cool! And, and, and they're going to be shipping you know in tandem. How how's this going to work? Maybe, yes. <laughs> It'll be available in different weeks, I think. Is a uh, Science Adventure Tales book going on uh, indefinitely, or is it, is it uh, have an expiration much like the, the H volume of Atomic Robo? Sort of yes and sort of no. Uh, it's been billed as an ongoing, but we'll do these first six issues as a bunch of short stories. Then we're going to do another six issues, but not like immediately after. Like It'll, it'll just be like another miniseries uh, okay. after a small break. Uh, the next six issues will be, I think, one-shots as opposed to short stories. Because, oh my god, wrangling a dozen artists is maddening. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you want to talk good. about, Abel? Night of the Owls? Oh, yeah, Night of the Owls. That's the last book that I really want to talk about. It's a little passion project of Snyder and Capullo. First real crossover, right? For DC, the new 52. Yeah, the first one that matters. Yeah, yeah there's been plenty of smaller ones, but this is the first yeah, one. I mean, there's the, like the Vampire, Justice League, Dark, right. I Don't Give a and Fuck. something going on in Titans with... Superboy and whatever yeah. the culling but but yeah this is like you know before this was announced I had customers like oh I read this Batman book and not that bad I was like why aren't you reading Batman why aren't you reading the Batman book called Batman mm -hmm. with Scott Snyder like well I'm already reading Detective and Dark Knight I'm like oh, you're doing boo, it wrong boo, boo. I'm like this is the straw that, the that, straw stirs, that stirs the drink. drink I mean that's the only analogy I can yeah. do for but anyway the, 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 the crossover of Night of Owls is is so cool to me in that it's one night. It literally yeah. is one night. So one night in Gotham, and all these books, all these allies of the Bat have to be there helping him out, right. even all the way from Africa. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to be there to help him. And it's very tightly knit in that it's one night, and each book only ties in for one issue. And you know, I like that it's all cohesive and that I can sell more books. But I also like and it's that, not going to drag on either. Yeah, you know? but I like yeah. that the. That it's not. That it's so easy for a customer or a reader to wrap their head around. It's like, well, what's this crossover about? What's this tie-in about? What's this tie-in about? Like with Fear itself, 
It was like you had to have a scorecard to say what each miniseries or tie-in was about for Fear Itself. Like, right. how does this tie into it? And for Night of the Owls, it's like, yeah, there's one night where everything's going batshit crazy or owl shit crazy. Owl shit crazy. <laughs> owl shit. <laughs> and all these allies of the bat have to somehow keep every uh, public official from being murdered and assassinated but, by the owls. And it's so simple. You and it's know? given a new fresh it, backstory for Nightwing. Yeah. And with Snyder's Gates and of Gotham Alfred, that came out before. Even ooh, Alfred. Alfred. Yeah, you know, yeah, Alfred. So. Alfred stuff was cool. And uh, Gail Simone recently said via Tumblr or Twitter or one of the, or both, I guess, the female character that uh, she created for this Night of the Owls issue. Mary. Owl Girl. Mary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sn- Snyder's into her and she, she very well is gonna, uh, likely to show up again. Yeah. Mary's a great character. So uh, that that's been our comics chat for uh, for this episode. This is a, of course a monthly show. Uh, we got a little bit more going on um, in this episode, so stay tuned. Hex, what do you have for us? What I have for you is from an upcoming sci-fi release called Co-op Mode, where they collaborated with a whole bunch of nerdy musicians. This is a track called Never Fall, featuring Kirby Crackle, and it's about mm-hmm. the Avengers. Sweet, mm, timely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this album's going to be great, and Cypher and Kirby Crackle are both quality musicians, so this track has a lot of fire behind it. Enjoy.
So like we mentioned with uh, Mark Wade, we are a listener-funded podcast. That means that we play fun games with you guys. Yay, uh, games! This particular month, till the end of May, we're doing our first fan fiction support drive. And what that means is everyone pitches us a franchise topic or concept that they want us to write fan fiction of. We'll do it. We're going to pass it around, each of us, to a different chapter. And uh, we might even invite some special guests along for the ride. Whee! Uh, currently in the running, we've got uh, Weekend at Bernie's 3, Night of the Living Bernie, Lost Season 6 Redux, hmm. or Redo, sorry, French. Redux? Uh, no, 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 it's Redux now. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Kirby's Erotic Dreamland, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Reboot, which is a mm. tough order if you ask me. Can, can Kirby's Erotic Dreamland be like Jack Kirby? <laughs> it's canon <laughs> so canon it's arm canon rewrite my immortal my immortal is the uh, notoriously uh. bad fan fiction about harry potter uh that is super gothic super emo to the point that really early on in it harry potter stops even being referred to as harry potter and just goes by the brooding name of vampire <laughs> Not even making it up. Really fucking bad. Um, if you want to listen to uh, it be read, go listen to OCAD, where they actually go through the whole yep. Our sister podcast, OCAD, read all of it with us joining in for a part of it. Hmm. It's pretty horrible. We allow crossovers in this, such as... A, um, the. It's very very narrow, though. You can only cross over two properties. Uh, so, of the crossovers we got here, uh, My Little Ponies and our tabletop podcast, Dungeons and Doritos... <laughs> Mac is not pony. <laughs> Mac is not pony. Yes, man. <laughs> Mr. T and Twilight, Elite Beat Agents, oh, no. and the novel series Warrior Cats. Doctor Who's line is it anyway? <laughs> They're just going for a laugh on that. I don't even know. It, it's not exactly a franchise crossover, but... Uh, Unless Ryan Stiles is the doctor. <laughs> You'll have to write this, man. I got zero. <laughs> uh, gummy bears and gay bears. Just hanging out. What's gay bears? Just, just not, not, a, not a franchise. That's not just, a franchise. You know, just, just a burly man with hair. Carefree bears. <laughs> <laughs> so when people donate to us, they, uh, they have the option to send us a message. We got some, some messages that are definitely worth reading out. For example, on the forums, Bean, who started Kirby's Erotic Dreamland, had a convincing argument: erotic fan fiction starring Kirby. When I saw what the focus of this month's support drive was, I was astounded at the opportunity in front of me. Any type of fan fiction, you say? Starring any character of our choosing, I knew what had to be done. The star of several sexually charged games with perfect curves and the flexibility an Olympic gymnast would kill for. I'm amazed there aren't pages of fan fiction already. I'm, of course, talking about this guy. And in the forum posting, he presented a very uh, seductive photo of, uh, of Kirby, Nintendo's little pink ball. Uh, I'm still thinking of Jack. <laughs> just look at him there and try to tell me you can't resist those smoldering good looks with those come to bed eyes and his inviting mouth it's taking all I've got to keep writing too long has Kirby hung back in the shadows while people like Zelda and Peach get all the good fan fiction well no longer I say it's time for him to take his turn in the spotlight in his very own erotic adventure I don't know the pairings, and I don't know the details, but I'm sure they're likely to be varied as a pink ball of marshmallow fluff could possibly be. Besides, he can swallow three guys at once from 20 paces. That's got to count for something, right? I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> Adept Legacy supported Bean's uh, erotic Kirby fanfiction and said, vote for Kirby. It's gonna happen. 
But Trench88 countered that and said, oh, hell the fuck no. <laughs> Destroying the internet is one thing. Spreading insanity to the point of people gouging out their eardrums is another. I am not allowing an erotic Kirby adventure. Weekend at Bernie's 3 fanfic. <laughs> Big Bad Shadow Man supports the uh, Weekend at Bernie's fanfic, saying, uh, mostly because I saw this idea be created, I guess, in one of the, uh, the community streams that go on in the forums. He actually earned a support perk Every $200 mark we hit on uh, on the support drives, we have something special. And for this fanfic support drive, we actually are doing flash fiction. That's uh, pieces that amount to basically a thousand words. Big Bad Shadow Man scored the first one, said, Since I feel evil today, how about a flash fanfiction of Plan 9 from Outer Space called Plan 10 from Outer Space? Don't know who's writing that yet from our staff, but look forward to that soon. Zombie Pops started the um, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot thread. And I, I gotta say, man, I... I ch- you know, Joss Whedon even rebooted Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know how, what we were going to do, but... We're going to reboot it back. I, I hope you don't... Movie. Yeah. <laughs> reboot it. <laughs> hey, Buffy, you like hot dogs? I got something for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Mm. Yes, yes. Expect yes. it to be worse than that. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, in other Nerdy Show news, recently we've added a, uh, a new item to our Nerdy Showcase lineup of videos. It's a show called Wicked Anime. It's a semi-weekly sort of video show. It's straight up wicked, yo! Yeah, they're from Boston. They are. Uh, They have a video that uh, they filmed at uh, the Boston Anime Convention, happening the same weekend as PAX. And uh, a couple other videos, including their top five picks from last year's anime selection. As as the spring anime season starts, they're going to be reviewing all the new stuff and telling you what they like and hate. Brent Bouchard wrote in and said uh, this. He he wrote in with the actual uh, support for his uh, My Little Pony's Dungeons and Doritos crossover. And he said, Wicked Anime is A++ awesome. Would shop again. So uh, the folks like it, and that's pretty cool. Yay. Anime is underrepresented here on Nerdy Show, and I'm glad we can uh, bring Wicked Anime into the fold with us. Agreed. What do you guys got cooking over at uh, the, say, the Atomic Robo Workshop or the the Comic Shop or the Geek Rest? What the hell am I doing? Uh, I've got (laughs) Heroes Con. Where is that? We're going to be at Heroes Con. Heroes Con's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Carolina. Next month. It's the 22nd to the 24th. Be there. Yeah, we're all going to be there. Nerdy Shows, maybe I'm going to be hosting some panels, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, that's the word. Aaron and I are going to Phoenix Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. Hanging out with a great the guest list too. Garth you know. Ennis, yeah. Lapham. All of all, all of Avatar is going to be there, along with Holy Rich Johnson monkey. from uh, Bleeding Cool, and <laughs> yeah. we're going to be fives, part of grabs. the um, the Bloodies Bleeding Cool Awards, and you know, also you know, uh, the entire cast almost of Star Trek Next Generation is going to be there, right? And Shatner, and Shatner, weird, yeah. yeah. Cool. Dimensional crossovers, yeah. Star Trek Generations all over again. I hope not. <laughs> no, it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a great time. But as far as the comic shop proper, what we're being do, doing is, you know, we've relaunched the Geek Easy. We have several signings in the works. Um, in June, we're gonna have a uh, Rebecca Isaacs from uh, Buffy, and then now Angel and Faith. She's gonna be in after that collection comes out. You know, the end of of June. And, yeah. And we have a lot a lot of signings planned, you know. But. And uh, I got to give a shout out. She and uh, her, her husband have a really great indie comic called Mage. Uh, we met up with them at uh, Megacon and I got a few issues of it. And um, I haven't read it. I want to. I'll, I'll, I'll pass yeah. it all your way, man. It's good. Cool. Yeah, I, I need to read it so I can like butter them up some. But, you know, if it's good. And also, just today, I, I secured it. You know, Fables is having an original hardcover come out of the the Wolves. No, uh, that's Bigsby cool. And everything that's coming out in October, 
and I got the artist for that coming down for, for the release of it. So nice. That's kind of neat, but that's October. I don't know. Just comic shops always 24-hour party people. We're going to have a party, good time. Party, party, party. Uh, Adam from Geekrest, uh, what, what are you doing other than jerking off to the Rocketeer? Yeah. I mean, I know that takes up a lot of your time, as it must take it up really a lot does. of my time. Um, and I just, I just want to see you just lying back with... With the, the score from Rocketeer playing, you know, da 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 Hold on. That's enough. It. I need to be... Uh, I'll be right back. I look good in that helmet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do we got going on? I don't know. Just, you know, we're going to keep on trucking with news, comic book related stuff. I have a ton of contests coming up because all the promo materials backing up that have been sent. So, you know, tune in on Facebook and... Twitter, and you can see uh, him and him and Aaron French kiss on and the, the seventh day. Yeah, yeah we do a weekly s- video. You can see me and Aaron. Seaman <laughs> on on that show. Two men. Yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> can see two men on that show. Yeah. And uh, Nerdapalooza is coming up. It's in the first weekend of August, and there's lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, this past weekend... Nerd, hey, hold on. Hold the phone, Hex. Nerdapalooza is the largest nerd music festival uh, in the world. Yeah, Indeed. I mean, and, uh, you could And it's say a music that. and arts festival. Yeah, you could say that. Okay. You're so humble. Uh, we just announced uh, ticket hey, prices bitch. and hotel rates, and among the amazing musicians we just announced were Adam Warrock and Tribe mm. One, who are very uh, relational to this episode since they're both, they rap about comics. We and played some Adam Warrock earlier. The Megas, going to be coming back to Nerdapalooza. We got Bit Brigade. Now, Bit Brigade, I want to take a second to talk about. All right. Bit Brigade. Now, you got your average video game cover band. What they do is they cover video game music. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, you got some, you got your Castlevania, you got your Mega Man, you got your Mario. I get it. What they do is they take it a step further because when you're listening to this, you're imagining all the stuff in your head like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually have live playthroughs. They have one of the members of the band is a speedrunner of games. I got, I had the honor of watching them do a speedrun of Mega Man 2 at MAGFest and it was fucking amazing. That's cool. And, and like they, it's, it's a straight up playthrough where if someone dies, they don't have a save space. They do the you died music, and you get and he double times it. So, in case it's not clear, what he's saying is, the video game has no sound. The band provides the music, right? All of it. Now, not only is Bit Brigade playing in the main weekend, they're also going to be the pre-party headliner Friday. I like every year. That means you get double Bit Brigade. Like every year, Friday is a free pre-party. You can go check it out for free. Check it out. See if you enjoy it. If you do, you can buy tickets. If you don't enjoy it, well, then you didn't pay shit for it. So stop. So go fuck yourself. (laughs) Uh, But Bit Brigade will be playing two separate games over the weekend and doing two complete soundtracks over the weekend. So it is, if you dig that video game music, you're going to dig this. I tell you what. See you out there for that video game music. Or that nerdy palooza to play for you. I tell you what, I'm going to go that nerdy palooza. I'm going to throw down all my greenbacks. I'm going to go right on over there. That sounds like the goodest to play. (laughs) What? I don't know, man. Who let those guys know. in here? I don't know. I fucking hate those Shut guys. Shut the door. <laughs> Gosh. Just, just throw sarsaparilla at them. Hopefully that'll... Sarsaparilla. Oh, I said it. Let's, let's a... sign off. Yeah, let's do yeah, this. Man. Next show is probably going to be a lot about Before Watchmen, if you guys are interested. Well, oh, yeah. real quick, the song we're about to play Before out... Before Watchmen? Yeah. Well, it'll be after Watchmen. The song we're about to end the episode to 
Last week, brand new Symphony of Science track. For those that don't know, Symphony of Science do like auto-tune the news, but very much more of a musical approach to it of lectures of scientists and whatnot. This episode, this song. uplifting, it's informational. And inspiring. Yes. Uh, We Are Stardust is the name of this track, and it is very heavy of Neil deGrasse Tyson. And as a uh, Mm -hmm. NDT fanboy, I'm very excited over it. This has been the first nerdy and last. Sh- <laughs> this has been the first nerdy show comic show. Hope you enjoyed it. We're gonna have the again. It's gonna be a, a reoccurring thing. Comics, comic shows every month here at Nerdy Show, and new content from Nerdy Show and all of our other family podcasts every single week. So remember to check back, check out the support drives if you like what you hear. You can just uh, you can just you know maybe play our play our fun games with us, or if you even if you donate a dollar or anything, just like a little like whatever, just any any kudos to we'll us. We'll kiss you. Uh, we'll we'll kiss you. I will actually send you some uh, support perks in your email. Uh, some cool exclusive pictures and MP3s and other cool stuff that you can only get by supporting the show. Some of it is even work safe. Oh, <laughs> Mopkins is that thirteen year old. 15. 15 year old? Yeah. Hey man, one day we'll meet in the meat space and and, and we'll be friends. You'll like me. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> this is going to show up on the trial, man. <laughs> That's admissible. <laughs> well, anyway, check out this awesome symphony of science. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Brian. Bye, I'm Aaron. Good night, I'm Adam. This universe. We are in this universe. The universe itself exists within us. We are part of this universe. We are in this universe. The universe is in us. Yes, the universe is in us. Every atom in your body came from a star that exploded. You all started us. You all started us. From a star that exploded. Look up at the night sky. We are part of it. The universe itself exists within us. We are stardust in the highest exalted way, called by the universe, reaching out to the universe. We are stardust in the highest exalted way, reaching out to the universe with these methods and tools of science. Stand in the middle and enjoy everything both ways. The tininess of us, the enormity of the universe. The atoms that make up the human body are traceable to the crucibles that cooked light elements into heavy elements. These stars went unstable in their later years, and then exploded, exploded, scattering their enriched guts across the galaxy. Look up at the night sky. We are part of it. The universe itself exists within us. We are stardust in the highest exalted way, called by the universe, reaching out to the universe. We are stardust in the highest exalted way, reaching out 
to the universe with these methods and tools of science. We are stardust. In the highest degree of the in the highest degree reaching the universe itself exists within us. For listening to this week's episode of Nerdy Show. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to send them to info at nerdyshow.com. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, Dungeons and Doritos, comics, videos, and more, go to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe, Mr. Burton, to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes store. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Nerdy Show or friend us on Facebook. We're not brought upon this world to get it, Mr. Burton. If you enjoyed what you heard, support Nerdy Show by telling a friend, or better yet, give us your money, Mr. Burton, by visiting the Nerdy Show and picking up a t-shirt or donate directly for cool nerdy perks, Mr. Burton. Perks, Mr. Burton. I will bring you to the Hall of the Upside Down Sinners where you'll be skinned alive!